is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You're in the right place here. As we try and determine what the special counsel's up to in the Southern District of New York. And I'm going to bring in my buddy, a long-time colleague, Andy McCarthy, in here in about 10 minutes. And we'll walk through this together. But let me tell you right now what's taking place. Apparently, the FBI has raided the office of President Trump's private counsel, Michael Cohen, in Manhattan. And his home and a hotel room where he and his family stay. And reportedly has taken attorney client privileged information as well. The reports say, public reports, that Mr. Mueller's operation made a referral to the Southern District of New York. And the reports say, meaning news reports, that this is related to the Stormy Daniels case, but perhaps more. Now, I must tell you, I have never seen a president of the United States treated this way. You know, Saturday, my wife and I saw the movie Chappaquiddick, Julie and I. And if you haven't seen it, I want to strongly encourage you to see it. You may think you know the story, but it'll remind you of things you you forgot. Trust me. And it's not a fiction. It is the truth. Ted Kennedy drives off this canal bridge with Mary Jo Kopechny. And among other things, his driver's license had been suspended. So they make a call to the DA and they take care of that. They go into the records and make sure it's not suspended anymore. And the U.S. attorney for the District of Massachusetts is uh, involved uh, because he was at the party. He dives into the water, tries to save Mary Jo Kopechny, along with uh, Joe Gargan, his cousin. Kennedy never dives into the water to try and save anybody. The U.S. attorney, who owes his allegiance to the Kennedys, he helps write the first public statement for him and helps in the cover-up. So you have the district attorney who takes care of the driver's license. You have the U.S. attorney who's involved in the cover-up. Because the statement he drafts is false. And thereafter, the U.S. attorney continues to assist. The local police chief, also a big Kennedy fan, is there to do whatever Kennedy needs him to do. They remove Mary Jo Kopechny's body before there's an opportunity to conduct an autopsy. And the reason is, it's believed that she didn't drown in the car, that she suffocated. 
because there was an air pocket in the corner of the, corner of the cards that turned over, and she was struggling to breathe, and she suffocated, didn't drown. And so they didn't want an autopsy done to look at her lungs. And it gets worse. Old man Kennedy, who had had a bad stroke, I believe it was in 61 or 62, calls in all the Kennedy uh, operatives to try and save Teddy Kennedy, even though he knows his son is a complete loser. And they manipulate the media. They put out the information they want to put out. They have him give a national speech, which is a lie. Uh, He pleads guilty to a misdemeanor of leaving the scene of an accident. He's given probation by the local judge, who's all Kennedy'd up. And it's really sickening. And it's the truth. This man would go on to become Warren Hatch's best friend in the Senate. He'd go on to become one of John McCain's best friends in the Senate. He'd go on to become the Lion of the Senate, where he tried to destroy Robert Bork and Clarence Thomas and a thousand others. And even after Chappaquiddick, he abused women, he molested women, he was a drunk. That's not in the movie, I'm just reminding you. Now, back to this situation. The Southern District of New York is very close to Mr. Mueller, the former U.S. attorney there. His name is Priyat Baraha. Preet Bahara. Very well known in the New York area, Preet Bahara. Very close to Comey. And as Andy McCarthy will tell you, and he reminded me, this is the same U.S. Attorney's Office that prosecuted Dinesh D'Souza for what I would argue was really a minor, minor event. But they threw the book at him. He went to jail for 20 months. And this same ex-U.S. attorney has been tweeting against Trump and coming to Comey's defense. And then McCarthy reminded me, and he'll be here in a few minutes, that uh, there's a gentleman in the, by Andrew Goldstein, who's an assistant special counsel working for Mueller, who came right out of the Southern District of New York where this action took place today. And this man was the, uh, was the head of the public corruption unit in the U.S. Attorney's Office. So you know damn well, he now works for Mueller. You know they're working with the Southern District of New York. And I want to get to Syria today, too. This, there's a lot of very serious matters going on, but I, w- I want to talk about what's going on in our own country. Because it really is incredible. I want to remind you that the media helped cover up Chappaquiddick. People who used to write books about it were called kooks and conspiracy, conspiracy theorists. People who would raise it were called nuts. He won his re-election by a landslide. People in Massachusetts can't get enough of the Kennedys. He never paid a price. 
Meanwhile, I watched Donald Trump. And because of an interview, he talks about grabbing a woman's this or that, which is really crude. Don't get me wrong, but it kind of doesn't come close to what happened at Chappaquiddick. The media in this country are so thoroughly corrupt. They've done enormous damage to the First Amendment, freedom of the press, freedom of speech, and our constitutional order. They truly have. They have exposed themselves. And it's getting worse by the day. No questions will be asked other than by me and others who are listening to this show, I suppose, in conservative media, about what's just took place today. President's private attorney, personal attorney, they took attorney-client privilege files. And I'll talk to Andy McCarthy in a few minutes, but I don't think this is just about Stormy Daniels. I think this is a backdoor way to get attorney-client privilege information, hoping that something pops up about Russia, where they can claim conspiracy or obstruction or whatever it is they want to claim. But there's simply no question in my mind they're trying to take down this president now. Absolutely no question in my mind how extraordinary it is to go after a president's personal lawyer. I don't ever remember this, this sort of thing. Not in Watergate. That's my recollection. Not in Iran-Contra. Not in uh, Clinton impeachment. I just don't recollect them going after a president's personal attorney. All right, we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, we're obviously back. Amy McCarthy, how are you? Do, do we have him with us? I'm here. Andy, you know, this investigation is getting weirder and weirder and more and more troublesome to me. You know, we lived through Watergate and the Iran-Contra matter and Clinton. I don't ever remember a private attorney for a president having his uh, records seized with search warrants, his home searched, apparently now a hotel where he and his family stay searched, as well as his office. Do you, do you remember anything like this? I've never seen a situation like this, Mark. The only thing I can fathom is that they're looking at Cohen as a criminal. Obviously, they wouldn't be doing this if they didn't think they... To get a search warrant, you have to have probable cause that there's evidence of crime. But the troubling thing is, and and you have to know this when you start down this path, um, their theory, I would presume, is that if they're... Trump and Cohen were in cahoots together in connection, say, with the with the Stormy Daniels payment in order to defeat the election, you know, the campaign finance laws. Then what they would say is that the so-called crime fraud exception to the attorney client privilege applies. And basically, there is no attorney client privilege and, so they, and they would, would have to make that argument. They would have to make that argument. Correct. I don't see I don't see how they would get around it. Otherwise, you have to set up this very, very elaborate process of, of uh, you know, 
Chinese wall or watertight compartment or whatever you want to call it to screen out all the attorney-client privilege stuff that's irrelevant to whatever it is that they're investigating. And I can't imagine that that this would have been worth it to them unless they were obviously looking at the president as well. Yes, and so so let's let's just play this out a little bit, Annie McCarthy. So let's say they get what they expect. They're going to take out a president or try to take out a president over something like this? Don't prosecutors use their judgment in matters like this? Well, you know, Mark, I think judgments have been an interesting commodity in the last couple of years because I, I, you know, I'm as the trite old saying goes, I'm I'm old enough to remember when the attorney-client privilege in the Hillary Clinton emails investigation was reason enough not even to issue a subpoena or, in some instances, collect evidence from lawyers, uh, and now uh, it's no blockade to doing search warrants and this isn't the this isn't uh, Mueller's or the government's maiden voyage in this investigation in connection with the Manafort prosecution they also forced an attorney to testify and give evidence against clients so obviously it's a very different set of rules that applies to this investigation than applied to the Clinton investigation just just so everybody understand what you're, you're talking about here in the Hillary Clinton case uh, they didn't go seek a warrant uh, based on probable cause in order to, to pierce the veil of attorney-client privilege, they themselves showed enormous restraint, didn't they? And they said, well, that's privilege, so we're not going there. Yeah. In fact, Mark, I think what the scheme was, was at every critical juncture of that investigation, Mrs. Clinton incorporated, Mrs. Clinton, by the way, of course, is a Yale-educated lawyer herself, but she incorporated lawyers at every phase, whether it was getting, uh, you know, collecting uh, emails off her server, deciding which ones to purge, uh, which ones to safe keep. Uh, At every critical phase of the investigation, she injected lawyers. And then when it came time to either interview witnesses or collect evidence, they said, no, 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 you can't do that. It's protected by the attorney-client privilege. And the Justice Department, which I think was really working more uh, in cahoots than against that set of lawyers, uh, honored pretty much all of those requests. Who's Andrew Goldstein? Andrew Goldstein, who I, who I don't knew, know personally, but I'm acquainted with the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York because I worked there for almost 20 years. Um, he was the head of the public corruption unit in the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York, which is the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan. So when Pre Barraro was the U.S. Attorney, uh, that gentleman whose name you just mentioned was the head of the Public Corruption Unit, and he was then recruited to join Mueller's Gang of 17. So uh, he's one of the lawyers on Mueller's staff. Preet Pahara was hired by a former U.S. Attorney. Who was that? Uh, Preet Bharara was hired by Mary Jo White, and his first uh, supervisor, at least one of his first supervisors in the U.S. Attorney's Office, was some old guy named McCarthy. Was you. (laughs) Now, what's his relationship to Jim Comey? I think they're very friendly. uh, I'm not sure if... um, I think Preet was 
an yes, I think Preet was an assistant uh, in the office when Jim was the U.S. attorney in Manhattan. That's what I'm getting was, at. He worked for Comey at one point. Yeah, he worked for me. He worked for Comey. He worked for everyone who was a supervisor in that office. But Comey was the U.S. attorney from about 2000, I want to say after 9-11 sometimes, so 2001 into about uh, end of 2002, 2003. So Goldstein worked for Preet Bharara. Preet Bharara right. at one point obviously worked under Comey. Correct. And now Goldstein works for Mueller, and Mueller does this referral of sorts to the Southern District, and you have to assume that the former head of public corruption at the Southern District is involved in this case, correct? Well, I, you mean on the... Uh, on the referral. The, you mean whoever the current head is? I would, yes. I would think that they would be looking at this as a, as a public corruption case. Um, I don't know, Mark. I think the interesting thing here is the Southern District did do, we'll all recall, a uh, campaign finance case. We're, we're going to take a break. I want to get back. Hold on to your thought. But my question is, what is Mueller referring? I don't understand. They're referring over to the Southern District of New York. What would Mueller be referring over to the Southern District of New York? Not the Stormy Daniels matter. That's not even in his purview. We'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. If Mark has banned you from the show, we have a special number you can call to reach him, 877-381-3811. Andy McCarthy, former federal prosecutor in the Southern District of New York. And Andy McCarthy, they don't need a referral from the Justice Department to investigate matters related to this Stormy Daniels. What in the world would Mueller be referring to? Can we even contemplate? Yeah, Mark, I, I think that as I understand the regs for special counsels and uh, his appointment order, if he comes across and it doesn't have to be that he necessarily discovers it, but if he's the lead lawyer on a subject uh, or a person who's under investigation and evidence of a crime that's unrelated to his jurisdiction comes up, he's basically got three choices. He can ignore it. Um, All right, let, let, me, and, let me just stop you there. I know that's not my point. My point is this. This has been in the public realm for a while. Their lawyer, the Stormy Daniels lawyer, has been all right. over the place. Right. And it's playing out publicly, and if somebody wanted to investigate it, the Southern District can investigate it. 
Well, it doesn't need a referral from the special counsel, right? You got smart lawyers in there in the Southern District. Well, they certainly they're capable of investigating it. But if you have an open matter where you have subjects of an investigation that are being investigated by another office, the usual thing would be to go to the Justice Department to resolve that. And if it came to Mueller in the first instance. But why would would it come to Mueller in the first instance? He's investigating Russia. He's investigating financial crimes. He's investigating 3,000 other things. Yes, but as far as the Justice Department would be concerned, um, Cohen is the subject of his investigation. So if something came up somewhere along the line that had nothing to do with Mueller's investigation, but Cohen's name popped up in it, um, the Justice Department would it would not be unusual for the Justice Department to intervene in a situation like that to make sure prosecutors didn't step on each other's toes. Isn't what's really going on here is two things. They wanted access to the attorney-client information, and they may see things related to, quote-unquote, Russia, whatever that means. Right. And also, they hope they can press this guy like they have a few other guys to get him to talk about Russia. Is that possible? Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. The question, I I think, for Mueller and for PR purposes, he probably has to think about, uh, you know, do I want this to be, do I want to be perceived as the Ken Starr investigation all over again? So I'm, you know, supposed to be looking at Whitewater and then I'm on to the Lewinsky case. But I think that by referring this to the Southern District, he gets the best of both worlds uh, in the sense that they will do the search warrant. They'll do the Stormy Daniels case. But in the meantime, if anything pops up in the search that's relevant to the Russia case, he gets the benefit of that. And they're going through this guy's all is I guess he's I mean, unless he's hiding stuff somewhere, uh, not in one of these three places, his office, his home and this hotel. They're going to get access to Trump's financial information, theoretically. Anything that this attorney has, and my experience, Mark, is that agents are not particularly discriminating when they show up to do these warrants. You know, they don't go through everything at the office document by document to decide what's relevant. Uh, Within big, broad parameters, they take pretty much everything, and then they'll sift through it back in their office where they have a lot of time to look at it and analyze it. And if the President of the United States writes an email to his lawyer, or several, or he assumes they're privileged and confidential, and makes statements that can be used against him, they'll have those too, correct? Correct. Now, what they'll do, in theory, would be they'll have a what they call a, a clean team or a screen team that will have to go through all of the documents to make a, a first cut to determine if there are things that are relevant and that are potentially attorney-client privilege. And then usually what happens is Cohn's lawyers and perhaps Trump's lawyers as well would argue that out with the clean team, and if necessary, before a judge, before Mueller or the, the prosecution team in the Southern District would get a look at it. So in other words, there. Here's here's my concern. They, yeah, no, go ahead. No, what I was going to say is what they try to do in most of these cases is litigate the attorney-client privilege mm-hmm. claims 
away from the team that's doing the actual prosecution. Well, and we know this is where Lawrence Wall screwed up with the Castigar. I, I don't want to confuse the public, right. but uh, this um, here's my concern. This is not going to end anytime soon, is it, Andy McCarthy? No. And, Mark, you know, I've never understood why people thought it might because – First of all, Mueller is operating on his own schedule. He doesn't care about the president's schedule or anyone else's. And for those, even in, including some in, in the president's uh, legal camp, who seem to think that you know they could persuade Mueller to at least bring the Trump portion of the case to a close, if there's two indictments against Manafort and he's looking at two trials, and those trials aren't going to be over till toward the end of this year, and the whole point of prosecuting Manafort is to basically squeeze him to see if he's got something on Trump. Why on earth would it be wrapped up before the Manafort cases are wrapped up? I just don't see it ending anytime soon. Here's my concern with what's going on today. It, we can talk about the legalese and the, and the, and the um, hurdles that need to be jumped. I'm sitting there, I'm Mueller, I'm thinking this is a backdoor way for me to see if I can get anything else here. That is, I will have access to the attorney-client information. We'll duke it out in court. But if there's anything with the word Russia in there, I'm going to claim access to it. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right, Mark. And I think even wider than that, again, as we, as we were saying before, if they, if they have a theory that they argue to the court that the crime-fraud exception to the attorney-client privilege applies, what they'll basically say is he's got no attorney-client privilege. Mm-hmm. And that'll mean a, a broad sweep through these documents. Mm-hmm. I'm troubled by this, Andy McCarthy. Are you? Anytime uh, somebody's lawyer gets dragged into a case, uh, and in particular, when you have a situation where this looks like it's, you know, it, it's minor stuff and it's very far afield from the reason that we've had this investigation, and there seems to be no concern on anybody's part that it's an investigation that doesn't seem to have a crime and yet it's making the president of the united states it's making it very difficult for him to govern i'd be very troubled by it and it is and today and we will play this he he really spoke out today he said this has been hanging over my head for over a year after i got the nomination there was never collusion now we get into all these other things i happen to agree with him I mean, if, if, if you had a special counsel like this for any other president, imagine John Kennedy or Lyndon Johnson or on and on and on. They, these guys could not possibly govern, could they? No. And, and Mark, I have to be clear about this. I have absolutely no problem with the idea that if you have a serious crime and the president of the United States is implicated in it, then I think it has to be investigated. But you need to have a crime first, and we've never had a crime here. And this goes on and on and on. So now they figured out a way to move it in yet another direction. I, I don't think these guys are going to give up until they feel they've gotten the president. Am I wrong about that? No, you, I don't think you're wrong about it. I think, Mark, the, our history with these things is that the longer they go on, the longer they go on. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like these things wrap up, you know, that as, that as time goes on, Things get narrow and then they close out. What ends up happening is, you know, one trail leads to another. And especially here where they have no parameters from the from the start. Um, I, I, I and and Andy McCarthy, they're in three jurisdictions now. 
They're in D.C., they're in Virginia, and now New York. That's correct, right. And you got, you got the U.S. Attorney's Office in New York, which is the biggest one in Manhattan. You've got uh, special counsel who can basically tap whatever resources you want. What's he have, 17 assistant prosecutors? Yes. Something like that? 17 in total, right. 17 assistant. Just to to give people an idea, my my prosecution of the blind shank, we had three. You had three? It was a three-year investigation with uh, national security information and, you know, the biggest terrorism case in the country at the time. So these prosecutors, and you got to figure there's uh, what? 30, 40 FBI agents? At least, yes. Plus every lead that they sent out throughout the country. So, you know, ultimately, you know you know how they say, uh, like, when, when Bobby Thompson hit the home run, everybody alive was in the polo grounds, right? You'll be hearing that uh, everybody worked on this investigation sometime or another. I'm, I'm just going to, how does the president escape this? And, 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 the, the, and the distraction, you know, the, the, the Justice Department... I just want the country to know the Office of Legal Counsel, which handles, you know, some of the top constitutional issues for the attorney general, the president in terms of uh, taking the official government position. They've written two memoranda and these memoranda, Democrat and Republican administrations have said the reason you don't indict a president. And both of them said this. It's unfair to the American people. It's distracting to the president of the United States, whether you and I believe a president can be indicted. or not. That's what they have said is not an investigation like this. It's become a, a hydra-headed investigation. Does this not do the same thing? Oh, it, it absolutely does. And the other thing, Mark, which is unseen, but, but I think has been very problematic for the president, is it's hard to get talented people to come serve the government if they think they're going to have to lawyer up. Um, and if they're, you know, if they if they think the administration's a risky proposition because it's under investigation, it, it becomes hard for the country to tap the talented people we should want in these important positions. We look at everybody who's under investigation; are being dragged in. Everybody from former chiefs of staff to former press spokesmen to his family members. It goes on and on and on. Does it not? It does. And I, again, I think that. We would have a lot less heartburn about it if there was an actual crime here. But it looks like this is, from the beginning, it's been an unguided missile looking for a crime rather than a, a serious investigation around a crime. The Washington Post is reporting now, Andy McCarthy, that he, uh, Cohen is under investigation for bank fraud and campaign finance violations. Now, one can relate to the other. Right. In other words, if they claim that he made a fraudulent campaign payment, uh, then you can throw in the bank fraud on top. I mean, you and I are speculating, but just based on right. the report, then, then you can throw in the bank fraud on top of it, right? Correct. In fact, I think he's really basically done that with uh, Manafort already. So, yes. Mm-hmm. So they're throwing in possible bank fraud, wire fraud, campaign finance violations. So I'm guessing it all stems from the payment to uh, Stormy Daniels, wouldn't you? I would think so, and the reason they throw in bank fraud, Mark, is, yep. you, you know, campaign finance stuff, they don't even handle criminally usually, whereas bank fraud's a 30-year felony. Mm-hmm. All right, Andy McCarthy, I appreciate you taking the time. I really do. We look forward Thanks, to you Mark. writing this thing up at National Review. Thanks, Mark. Good to talk right, to you. God, God bless. I don't know, folks. Uh, this is very depressing to me. 
It's very depressing to me. I mean, the country needs a president who can focus on his job. Barack Obama never had any problems, never had to have special counsel. His attorneys general, lockstep, didn't matter what he did at the IRS, didn't matter what he did with Benghazi, didn't matter what he did, left and right, around and round, nothing, not, nothing of the sort. And this is so completely and utterly out of control, and tens of millions of Americans are so disgusted by this, and yet there's not a damn thing we can do about it. And it is dispiriting, and I think we're going to get our asses kicked in the midterm elections. And if they take the House of Representatives, more subpoenas are going to fly, more investigations, coordinations with Mueller off, Mueller's office. It's really appalling. And the president hasn't done anything. As Andy McCarthy has said, if he said it a thousand times, he has said, and many of us have followed, there's no underlying crime that launched all this. This collusion thing was a Democrat thing, a Hillary Clinton thing, a media thing. And you watch, the media are going to love this. They're just going to love this. They're not going to step back and say, hey, this is just too much. This is a bridge too far. Let me tell you what I think's going on here now that I see this Washington Post piece. Just to reiterate. The Stormy Daniels payment They're claiming is an illegal campaign contribution. And therefore it violated the wire fraud and bank fraud statutes. And as McCarthy just said, that's a 30-year punishment. That's a 30-year sentence. And so they're trying to destroy now the president's personal attorney of decades, that long, I think, in order to try and get the president. And I'm sick to my stomach over the whole damn thing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I don't know how the hell this man's supposed to be president of the United States with these police state tactics. And that's what they are, damn it. They are police state tactics, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick to my stomach over this. I know exactly what these clowns are doing. I know exactly what they're doing. They're just roping in one person after another. Trying to destroy the president's support team. To go after his personal lawyer. With his nonsense about a campaign violation. And then tie it to bank fraud and wire fraud. I mean we'll know more details later. Like the, uh, the, the prosecutor's offices, they watch CNN, take their leads from CNN. Oh, Stormy Davis or Daniels, whatever the hell her name is. What the hell is a man supposed to be president of the United States? I know, that's their whole point. Cripple him at any cost. I believe the damage Mr. Mueller and these others are doing is irreversible. I'm talking about the body politic. I think people like me, who didn't even support Trump in the primaries, but supports him as president and supported his election, whether we disagree with him on this issue or that issue, is wholly beside the point. These are police state tactics. 
from surveilling his campaign to the dossier with Russian assistance to a special counsel to the abuse of the FISA court. These are police state tactics. You're living them right now. You better be wide awake with both eyes open. I wanted to tell you about a little-known part of the tax code that's benefiting millions of Americans just like you. Retirement and investment experts know it as 408M3, and it can help protect your IRA or 401K from the devaluation of the dollar, and potentially increase your long-term profits and minimize your, your capital gains tax. Now, this section of the tax code allows you to take control of your retirement account and invest in physical precious metals like gold and silver. You can even transfer funds between existing retirement accounts without penalty. The process is easy. The folks at PM Capital can tell you more. Call them right now. Learn how this little-known part of our tax code, 408M3, may help you protect and grow your retirement account. Call 877-382-2503. That's 877-382-2503. 877-382-2503. Or visit marklevingold.com. Now, let me tell you something. If you think this sort of thing can't happen to you, you are dead wrong. You are dead wrong. When you have rogue prosecutors who want victory at any cost, they do not care who they steamroll, they do not care whose lives they ruin, they do not care how they bankrupt people. Manafort, potential life in prison. Lieutenant General Flynn is broke trying to sell his home. The hell is this? It's a police state. That's what it is. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building we've once again made contact with our leader Mark Levin Hello everybody Mark Levin here our number 877-381-3811 I want you to listen to the President of the United States not too long ago, and we uh, recorded the relevant comments. And I want to say this to those of you who support this man, those of you who voted for him, and those of you who didn't. You better speak out now if you want to keep your country. 
the justice system, so-called, is morphing into a police state system. With the attacks on attorneys, Manafort, one of Manafort's attorneys, now the president's personal attorney. What's taking place here is an abomination. And you don't have to just believe me. Guys like Dershowitz and Turley, two liberal Democrats who I'm sure didn't vote for Trump, their jaws have hit the ground. Serious people who understand the rule of law, who understand the Constitution, who understand how criminal investigations are supposed to work, they will tell you this is way over the top. It is way over the top. Where you literally have individuals facing life in prison. Life in prison. And we have judges that just rubber stamp this stuff, whether they're on the FISA court or federal district judges like this clown Ellis in Alexandria, Virginia. We'll find out who the judge is in Manhattan and so forth. I mean, it's just a, it's a terrible thing. Here's the president from a little while ago. Go ahead. So I just heard that uh, they broke into the office of one of my personal attorneys, good man. And uh, it's a disgraceful situation. It's a total witch hunt. I've been saying it for a long time. I've wanted to keep it down. We've given... Uh, I believe over a million pages worth of documents to the special counsel. Uh, They continue to just go forward. And here we are talking about uh, Syria. We're talking about a lot of serious things with the greatest fighting force ever. And I have this witch hunt constantly going on for over 12 months now. And actually much more than that. You could say it was right after I won the nomination it started. And it's a disgrace. It's frankly a real disgrace. It's a, an attack on our country in a true sense. It's an attack on what we all stand for. Uh, so when I saw this and when I heard it, I heard it like you did. I said, that is really now in a whole new level of unfairness. So this has been going on. I, I saw one of the reporters uh, who is not necessarily a fan of mine, not necessarily very good to me. He said, in effect, that this is ridiculous. This is now getting ridiculous. They found no collusion whatsoever with Russia. The reason they found it is there was no collusion at all. No collusion. Uh, This is the most uh, biased group of people. These people have the biggest conflicts of interest I've ever seen. Uh, Democrats all, or just about all, either Democrats or a couple of Republicans that work for President Obama. They're not looking at the other side. They're not looking at the Hillary Clinton horrible things that she did and all of the crimes that were committed. They're not looking at all of the things that happened uh, that everybody is very angry about, I can tell you, from the Republican side and I think even the independent side. They only keep looking at us. So they find no collusion. And then they go from there and they say, well, let's keep going. And they raid an office of a personal attorney early in the morning. Uh, And I think it's a disgrace. So we'll be talking about it more. But this is the most conflicted group of people I've ever seen. Uh, The attorney general made a terrible mistake. 
when he did this and when he recused himself, or he should have certainly let us know if he was going to recuse himself, and we would have used a, put a different attorney general in. So he made what I consider to be a very terrible mistake for the country. But you'll figure that out. All I can say is after looking for a long period of time, not even before the special counsel, because it really started just about from the time I won the nomination. And uh, you look at what took place and what happened, and it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. I've been president now for what seems like a lengthy period of time. We've done a fantastic job. We've uh, beaten ISIS. We have just about 100 percent of the caliphate or the land. Uh, our economy is incredible. The stock market dropped a lot today as soon as they heard the noise of, you know, this nonsense that's going on. It dropped a lot. It was up, way up, and then it dropped quite a bit at the end, a lot. Uh, but that we have to go through that, we've had that hanging over us now from the very, very beginning. And yet the other side, they don't even bother looking. And the other side is where there are crimes, and those crimes are obvious. Lies under oath all over the place. Emails that are knocked out, that are acid-washed and deleted. Nobody's ever seen. 33,000 emails are deleted after getting a subpoena for Congress. And nobody bothers looking at that. And many, many other things. So I just think it's a, a disgrace that a thing like this can happen. I uh, find myself, ladies and gentlemen, as I listen to him, as I read the updates on this story, becoming more and more furious. Becoming more and more furious with what's taking place in this country. It sounds like Venezuela or Cuba. Or China. And the President of the United States, he's running out of defenders around him. Because what Mr. Mueller is doing systematically is taking him out. Either questioning them, bringing them in front of his grand jury, charging them, making it increasingly more difficult for the President of the United States to function. Mr. Mueller is doing more damage to the office of the presidency. He's doing more damage to the Constitution than, uh, than the Russians and the Chinese and the Iranians and the, and the North Koreans combined. Combined. There's simply no justification anymore for his existence. There was no Russian collusion. He's charging people for things that have nothing to do with his original mandate. They are expanding his mandate after the fact. I want to make a point here. I want to make a point here, not intended to be provocative or controversial, and it will destroy a 30-year friendship. It'll destroy it. 
And I've been thinking about this since the break. But I really do think it's time for the Attorney General to step aside. It's time for the Attorney General to step aside. There is no reason. Well, let me put it to you this way. The constant expansion of Mr. Mueller's investigation and then this backdoor attempt where they're playing uh, rope-a-dope with the Southern District. I know exactly what's going on here. They're working together. He's working with the Southern District. I mean, his top guy on, uh, uh, on uh, let's see, public corruption in the unit that used to work in the Southern District of New York, and now he works for Mueller. This is all an inside-outside game here. But what I'm saying to you is this. The buck stops on the Attorney General's desk. Even if he recused himself as he did on the Russia matter, this is not the Russia matter. And the entire department's out of control now. And it's country first. Over any politician, even if I've known that politician for a long, long time, as Attorney General now, I watched the President of the United States here. He doesn't deserve any of this. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. What do you think? It's Chappaquiddick? And so it's time for the Attorney General to step aside and for the President of the United States, he can make a uh, recess appointment. Not to put in a buddy or anything like that. He can put Dershowitz in there for all I care. He needs to put somebody in there. Uh, who's going to take a little bit more charge over what's going on in this country. I say it with the gravest regret. I really do. Because I know what it means personally. But I can't... I can't ignore what I'm seeing and what's going on here. You know, uh, when Lincoln was president... He had trouble finding a good general. He went through a whole bunch of them. But they wouldn't fight. They wouldn't fight. Or they were incompetent. Or they were too slow. They were too late. Until he found Grant. Until he found Ulysses S. Grant. We all know that Eric Holder was, in fact, a personal lawyer for Barack Obama, as was Loretta Lynch. And yet we get these lectures all the time that the Attorney General works for the United States. Attorney General doesn't work for the President. And yet Holder and Lynch worked for their President. They didn't work for the United States. We conservatives, actually, (coughs) excuse me, it's not even conservatives. We non-leftists, we non-progressives. We're at a grave disadvantage. The system is built against us. You know, we have all these groups that talk about systemic this and systemic that. The system now, after 100 years of progressivism, is built against you and me. It's built against our values, against our principles, against our traditions. 
whether it's the Department of Education issuing its edicts or whatever it is. The systemic discrimination is against non-leftists and non-progressives. And it is systemic. And when it comes to justice and the rule of law, the idea that Hillary Clinton can skate and Bill Clinton can skate and Barack Obama can skate and all the rest of them can skate. And that this president, who never colluded with the Russians, never, is now bogged down. They're trying to harass him out of office. They're trying to create crimes to get him. They're trying to, uh, they're trying to impeach him. Everything I said they would try and do the day after the election. And the reason I knew that this would take place, not that it would take place with every Republican, I never said that after the election of, of Bush, is because the, 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 the hate for Trump is like nothing I've ever seen. When I campaigned for and worked for Reagan, I thought it doesn't get any worse than this. But it has gotten worse than this. It's like nothing I have ever seen. Even within the Republican Party, when you have guys like John McCain, who's extremely ill, but he musters the strength to trash Trump over Syria. Or Jeff Flake, who lies to his constituents in Arizona to get elected and now spends his every waking moment trying to undermine the President of the United States. Or this guy Sass from Nebraska who came on this show as a conservative, never speaks up against McConnell, never speaks up against the party structure in the Senate, never back Cruz or Lee or any of those guys. But he knows how to attack Trump. You can disagree with Trump on trade. You can disagree with Trump on this side or the other. But we're not talking about that, are we? We're talking about something much more dire. Quite frankly, much more permanent. Much more important. And it's about the republic. These Republicans ought to go see that movie, Chappaquiddick. But some of them can't because it involves their best friend in the Senate, who's since passed, of course, Ted Kennedy. They can talk about Trump's tweeting all they want. They can talk about Trump with this porno star, this one, all they want. But here's what I do know about Trump. He was never a Chappaquiddick. They're going after Trump like he's a petty criminal. Folks, there are so many laws out there, whether they're tax laws or other financial laws and banking laws and telephonic wire-related laws and so forth and so on. After a while, if they want to get you, they can get you. Especially when you have 17 prosecutors and now another United States Attorney's Office digging and digging and digging and digging. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean you intended to commit an offense. Doesn't even mean if you know you committed an offense. It doesn't matter. What do you think this guy Manafort's thinking today? When he hears a federal judge, this clown Ellis, in Alexandria, Virginia, saying, hey, he could serve life in prison. Why? Because he was chairman of the Trump campaign for three months or four months or two months, whatever the hell it was. Do you think he'd be in this situation today if he hadn't been chairman of the Trump campaign or he'd been chairman of the Hillary Clinton campaign? No way. 
Do you think Lieutenant General Flynn, if he had been advising Hillary Clinton, or any Democrat other than Trump, do you think he'd be losing his house right now and declaring bankruptcy? No, he wouldn't. Do you think his name would have been unmasked and leaked to the media? A felony? No, it wouldn't have been. Any of Hillary Clinton's private counsel treated this way? Never. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right. There'll be a lot of speculation out there, but I've, I've told you what's going on. I know what's going on here. It's quite obvious. And um, this president has been singled out. He has been singled out. And uh, this is going to go on for a very long time, folks. And it will have an effect on the midterm elections. And you're going to start to see something else happen, which you never see on the Democrat side. You're going to start to see Republicans do what they always do. Buckle. Run for the hills. Try and save their own asses. Democrats never do that. Never. They're right on TV. They're on message. The same five talking points. That will not happen here. So stand firm. You're the last line of defense. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. You know, we just learned that Saks Fifth Avenue and Lord & Taylor were breached, exposing consumers' financial information. Facebook shared information on 50 million users. There have been breaches at FedEx, Equifax, Aetna, and Expedia. Nearly every week, personal information is compromised somewhere. Now listen, if you go online or use credit cards, you're vulnerable. I'm not taking chances. I'm covered by my ID care, and so are my parents. Get covered now for less than 10 bucks a month at myidcare.com, promo code MARK, and you'll even get 15% off. Myidcare.com, promo code MARK, or call 866-334-3084. Or MyIDCare.com, promo code MARK. MyIDCare covers me and my parents from nine types of identity theft and provides a 100% identity guarantee recovery if a customer does fall victim or your money back. You can't get this level of protection anywhere else. So why don't you trust who I trust and contact them and learn more? Get 15% off MyIDCare.com, promo code MARK, or call 866-334-3084, 866-334-3084. Well, there's other things I plan to get into in the final hour, I guess. We are going to talk about Syria. Now, you see how even I am distracted? I have to deal with these clowns, this Mueller and so forth. By the way, the Deputy Attorney General of the United States has refused to come on this program. He will not come on this program. Mr. Tough Guy, Mr. Tough, former U.S. Attorney, will not come on this program. 
So uh, he's very selective about what interviews he'll do, what information he'll put out. I feel very bad for the president. I really do. I feel very bad for the country. What's taking place here? And believe me when I tell you, the Chinese and the Russians and the North Koreans and the Iranians look at this and they are thrilled because we're being destroyed from within. And I'm sick and tired of these never-Trumper fools too. Put their own egos and their own reputations on the line. We don't need lectures from them about foul language and tweets and how women are treated and all the rest. They think we're stupid? It's just that we have a bigger notion of what's taking place in this country. We're sick of the hypocrisy. Sick and tired of it. And the phony media, we're sick of it. Long before Donald Trump was president of the United States, long before Donald Trump was a Republican, many of us were involved in the Reagan Revolution. After that, the Tea Party Revolution. We don't need lectures about what's going on in this country. We damn well know what's going on in this country. We know exactly what's going on in this country. We're losing the damn thing. That's what's going on in this country. Whether it's our bathrooms or the school lunch program or our schools, period. Whether it's our border the way our cops are treated, the way our military is disgraced, we're sick and tired of it. And I don't need some jackass prosecutor who's in bed with the Democrats running around the country looking for any excuse to take down this president. What happened to Russian collusion? Well, we found it. The problem was it was the other party. It was the other candidate. They're always colluding with the Russians. They've been colluding with the damn Russians since the Russian Revolution in 1917. Just as they colluded with the Castro regime. And they used to love Maduro, too. And Hugo Chavez, until that went around the crapper. Then they cut a deal with the Iranians. They love fascists and communists and autocrats and totalitarians. We're the ones who reject them. Just as the Democrat Party today, in bed with the PLO. Oh, don't tell me it's the PLA. I know what the hell it is. Attacking the Jews and the Israelis while Hamas is threatening to destroy them. I see it. I know exactly what's going on. That's your new Democrat Party. And they cannot tolerate the fact that they lost an election. To Trump of all people. Oh, we lost to Trump. Can you believe that? Oh, we needed another four years of Obama through Hillary. Screw these people. And these damn Republicans. Like Sass. Like McCain. Like Flake. I've had it up to here with them. Syria attacks its own people with gas again. And McCain musters the strength to attack the President of the United States. We've got more drama queens and drama kings in the Republican Party than you can shake a stick at. They're going to save the Republic, these people. Oh, yeah. While they vote to keep Obamacare, while they vote to spend us to oblivion and raise the debt through the roof. 
while they sat there and coddled Obama for eight years? Oh, they're going to save us. And then we have this idiot, Trey Gowdy, and the other idiot, Lindsey Graham. How is it that they're on TV all the time? They're nobodies. They're backbenchers. They've achieved nothing. Well, we backed this Mueller. Oh, Mueller's a good guy. Oh, Mueller, Mueller's a good guy? Really? For five years, he chased the wrong guy in the anthrax case in Washington, D.C. For five damn years, that guy and his family was smeared. This is a power-hungry... What's, what's, what's a proper phrase for this Mueller? He's a power-hungry goon. That's what he is. He's the John Gotti of law enforcement. That's who he is. The people in Boston know who he is. They know what he did with this whitey bulger. Protected this guy. Guy's a mass murderer. Is there a news outlet in America that'll do a real story on who Robert Mueller is and his second-in-command, that little puke? Weissman. Weissman. All these men around Trump, they can all go to prison for life? For life? Really? Wire fraud and bank fraud and violating the tax law? Really? Only now, you see, only now, wire fraud and bank fraud and tax fraud and all kinds of fraud. Where's the federal government been? They only figured this out now? Lieutenant General Flynn, even Comey and his agents decided he wasn't lying. He, he clearly was confused or made a mistake. In comes Mueller. Sets him up, knocks him down. Sets him up, knocks him down. Now we've had at least two instances, there may be three, where this regime has gone after private attorney-client communications. And where are the damn judges? Yes, next case. Okay, stamp that one. Next case, stamp that one. Where are the FISA judges? These are federal district judges. Where the hell are they? They know what now took place in their courtroom. Where are they? Nowhere. They know they issued a warrant that omitted material information, and they haven't done a damn thing about it. Why is that? They're allowed to reach back and hold people in contempt. They're allowed to reach back and demand an investigation. They're silent. Not a damn word. Nothing. One of them recuses himself. We have to learn about him and his relationship with Stroke through texts. He doesn't say a damn thing. He just recuses himself. What, what did he recuse himself? I don't know. He doesn't have to say anything to the American people? Is he above the law? Incredible. Hillary Clinton's lawyers. They're going through her emails. They're destroying emails. They're deciding what emails to turn over. Not one damn one of them was subpoenaed. None of their offices were searched. 
They weren't accused of obstruction or cover-up or anything of the sort. Nothing. Individuals are unmasked. Their names are unmasked. By the way, have any Democrats been unmasked since the Trump administration's been in office? No. Have they been leaked to the media? No. Yet they were in the Obama administration. The Russians interfered in our election. Well, Trump wasn't president. Who was the attorney general? Loretta Lynch. Who was the FBI director? James Comey. The Russians interfered in our election. And Susan Rice, right outside the door of the president of the United States, Obama, tells the cybersecurity team to stand down. They don't want the country to know the Russians are interfering in our election. They said so. Why? I've told you why. They thought Hillary was going to win big time, and they didn't want you to think that the election was tainted by the Russians. Then when it becomes clear or clearer that she may not win, then all of a sudden it's Trump who's colluding with the Russians. How so? Well, he's got a hotel over here, and he once stayed over there, and he looked over here, and he may have waved to that guy over there. What the hell is this? No collusion? This jerk Mueller should have shut down a left town? No. No, 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 no. Now we've made a referral to the Southern District of New York, where all my other buddies are. Where all my other buddies are. After all, I hired this guy, Andrew Goldstein. Or is it Stein? Oh, yes. The head of the public corruption unit in the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York. Gee, I bet he's working with the Southern District, even though he's in Mueller's office now. Oh, they're very clever. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the truth is this. The truth is this. The prosecutors have all the power. That's why you need men of virtue, women of virtue, to be prosecutors. You can't have people with massive egos. You can't have people who lose sight of justice. Or you get people like Mueller, a rogue prosecutor. And that's what he is. And he hires one of the worst lawyers in the country, this guy Weissman, who's been slapped down by a court for destroying the lives of other individuals. He hires him as his number two guy. Now, why would you do that if you're not out for blood? The problem with all this, it's going to, you know, like Chappaquiddick, and I just bring it up just because it's, it's, it's in front of mind. It occurred in 1969. It took almost 40 years for Hollywood to do a movie to expose Ted Kennedy. But all the damage that was done after. And it'll take 40 years for this to be exposed if it's ever exposed. But I want you to know something from me to you. You're on the correct side of this thing. And you're not alone. There's tens of millions of us who see this. You're on the correct side of this. You're on the correct side of history. And what's taking place here is truly un-American. These are police state tactics. I talked about police state tactics last year with the FISA court, the unmasking, 
the domestic political eavesdropping and the same media, the same corrupt Praetorian Guard partisan media attacked me. And ladies and gentlemen, I was citing them over the prior six months. I was reading from their articles. AP, disgrace. I'm a conspiracy theorist. CNN, a disgrace. I'm a conspiracy theorist. ABC, a disgrace. I'm a conspiracy theorist. Not one of them has circled back and said, you know what, Levin was right, actually. Because they don't want you to know that because they were wrong. They were wrong. And they all kept their jobs. Most of them, anyway. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. You know, it's a fact. Attorneys are expensive, and you're likely to pay around $300 an hour. That's just one reason why smart business owners turn to LegalZoom. Over 2 million Americans have used LegalZoom to start their businesses, with LLCs and corporation and more. But even after your business is set up, LegalZoom can still help. Lease agreements, changing tax laws, contract reviews are all part of running your own business. But they are precisely the kinds of legal hurdles that take time and effort away from growing your business. So LegalZoom created their business legal plan. With it, you get legal advice for your business from vetted independent attorneys and tax professionals available in every state. Plus, you get access to NDAs, lease agreements, and a lot more. The best part? You won't get charged by the hour, since LegalZoom isn't a law firm. Instead, you just pay one low upfront price. So check out the business legal plan at LegalZoom.com now and get special savings when you enter Levin at checkout. That's important. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. That's LegalZoom.com. Levin is your code at checkout. LegalZoom.com, code L-E-V-I-N. All right. Well, Mr. Producer, I don't have my call screen up. Shame on me. Who shall we speak to? Yeah. The great WMAL, Jonathan, go right ahead, sir. Yes, Jonathan, go right ahead. All right, let's find somebody else, Rich. In Oregon, David, go right ahead, please. Yes, sir. KBND. Uh, I, just had, I just had a quick two questions. Um, mm-hmm. is, does the Supreme Court or Congress have the ability to step in and say enough is enough? The Supreme Court doesn't. You, you've been around long enough. The Supreme Court doesn't just step in and stop stuff. Well, I don't it's, see how one man can have the power over the whole country. It like, is pretty scary, than. isn't it? It's, yes, it's a terrible yes, thing. And, uh, I mean, the, the, it, it seems like the, the, what's a president going to do? He's going to take a case to a federal district judge. You have to have a specific reason to do it. You can't just go in and say, stop that guy. And then no, it goes to a circuit court, and then it goes to the Supreme Court, and then they're going to do what? What's his argument going to be? What we have here is a collapse of the legal system. It's a collapse of the structure of the legal system. And it can be now politicized for partisan purposes, to be used against a president of the United States. And that's what's going on here. It's corrupt. 
I hate to say it, but it's corrupt. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Oh, and I'm telling you, we, we in our own communities and with our families and our own neighborhoods, we have to speak out about this. We can't just shake our heads and scratch our heads now. Uh, this is our country. doesn't belong to Mr. Mueller. doesn't belong to the Southern District of New York U.S. Attorney's Office. doesn't belong to Mr. Rosenstein. and doesn't belong to any political party. This is our country. We need to inform our neighbors, and we need to speak out now. And that's what we need to do. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I'm going to read something briefly to you from a friend of mine, and then we're going to move on to Syria. It's a friend of mine who has decades of experience as a litigator, including on tax matters at the federal level. Been listening tonight, Mark. This search warrant in New York is outrageous. Why is the FBI injecting itself into what is essentially a civil matter? That is, a campaign violation. No way the Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein didn't know about this. Department of Justice policy requires searches of attorney's offices to get the highest level of approval. I'm done defending Rosenstein, you've convinced me. Absolutely disgusting. Whole damn thing. All right. We only have three hours, so I need to move along. But I'll be back tomorrow. And I'll be on Levin TV. And by the way, did you enjoy uh, my show at 10 p.m. Sunday on Fox? Now, if you watched Fox Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and most of Sunday, you didn't even know I have a show at 10 p.m. I'm getting very frustrated about this. Everything else is promoted. Every other host is promoted. If I don't talk about it on the radio and don't put it on my social sites, you don't even know I exist at 10 p.m. on Sunday. But I, I will continue because I'm a good trooper. But we had an interview with Sarah Palin, and she was absolutely terrific. And no, she didn't say she was prepared to run for a higher office again. <clears throat> I asked her if, if she had been asked again, given what she knows, to run as she was this time. She said, hell yeah, I would have said yes. That's the context of what she said. But my dad called me after the interview. My mother-in-law called me after the interview and told me, both of them, she was absolutely terrific. And that's why I'm going to stick to this format, and I'm not going to turn it into the usual food fight. I'm just not going to do it. So you have an opportunity to hear from these people, what they think, what they have to say, and they have an opportunity to speak. I'm trying to get some liberals on here, too. You know, not some jerk off the street. I'm trying to get some people who are prominent liberals so we can have a discussion, a a real discussion, normal, two people having a discussion about their ideology and our philosophy. 
So we're working on that. But we have uh, all kinds of great guests lined up, some of whom you've heard of before, some of whom you haven't. Now, I'm walking down the street, minding my own business, which is what I always do. And one of my neighbors, who I haven't seen in maybe two years, says to me, I really wish you'd be a little bit more aggressive in your interviews. I wish you'd do this. I wish... I just kept walking. Then another neighbor said, I want to thank you. I said, what for? She said, I really enjoy sitting down Sunday at night before bedtime and watching your discussions. It reminds me of the old days. So people are of different views. But my view is this is what I want to do. And apparently over a million of you agree because that's how many watch. And when we get over a million, I want you to know something. That's a lot of viewers at 10 p.m. on Sunday night on the East Coast, 7 p.m. Sunday night on the West Coast. It's a lot of viewers. It's more than virtually every other show on CNN. Doing prime time. Doing prime time. More than Jake Tapper, Don Lemon, Brian Stelter, Wolf Blitzer, you know, the usual slops. I mean, uh, so-called journalists. Sunday night at 10 p.m. with very little promotion. Very little, except by me on the radio and on my social sites. But we're going to have individuals who I think are compelling some of whom you don't know. I've got a few lined up that I'm very excited about. Gentlemen flying in from Paris. David Berlinski. You can Google him. Fascinating man. Fascinating. He's not particularly religious. He's secular. But he's got an IQ that goes through the ceiling. So we're all going to have to try and keep up with him. But he challenges something where you might think, oh, he challenges evolution. Not because he's religious, because he says Darwin and all the others haven't made the case. This guy knows physics. He, he's, 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 he, I mean, he's unbelievable. And you'll see how he breaks it down. Not from a religious perspective, but from a scientific perspective. I said, that is fascinating. I've never heard a guy like this. And I read his book. His big book that was important. I have another gentleman. They're not all in a row. I break it up a little bit. Who's written some of the most fascinating stuff on liberty. What's liberty? What's republicanism? So if you're looking for something else, You're not going to find it on this show. You're not. This show is more like my books, I would say. It's more like my books. And I'm not going to yell at people sitting across from me who I'm trying to get information out of so you can hear what they have to say. Now, if we can get some liberals on there, I still don't plan to yell at them, but I do intend to dig and have a discussion about their principles and why they believe in them and so forth and so on. I've asked Robert Reich. He says he can't come on because he's committed to CNN. 
We've asked Bernie Sanders. He doesn't return our calls. We've asked Elizabeth Warren. She hasn't returned our calls. So I'm working on it. We'll see. They need to know they will be treated with respect. So we'll see. All right, now Syria. I see the code pink Republicans are at it again. Well, we don't know that the uh, Syrian government and the Russians were behind this. Well, didn't the President of the United States say they were, Mr. Producer? Isn't that what he tweeted out? Am I right or not? Yeah, I believe so. And uh, they said, we don't want to get involved in a war in Syria. And I'm thinking, uh, do they know that we are involved in a war in Syria? Now, nobody wants to send 150,000 ground troops in there other than John McCain and Lindsey Graham. The two knuckleheads. But we also saw what happened when we we pulled out of Iraq and then ISIS was on the march and then all these people lost their lives. And we also saw what happened in Syria. 400,000 refugees that have in fact affected how Europe functions and so forth and so on. So there are consequences for inaction and there are consequences for the wrong action. This isn't an ideological thing. As I wrote in Liberty and Tyranny in my chapter called Self-Preservation. I didn't call it defense or national security. I called it self-preservation. Things that go on in the Middle East do affect us. People are building ICBMs. People are building nuclear warheads. People have, are building biological weapons. People have chemical weapons. It affects us. Like, you know, 9-11 affected us and so forth and so on. And refugees. So it is really the words of simpletons who just suggest you just pack up and leave. Because we might leave, but they never leave. It's also the words of simpletons who think that you have to have an all-out war. Because you don't. At least not yet. But Iran is our enemy. Iran is our enemy. How do we know? Because they've declared war on us about 14,000 times. And they're building those ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles, not to hit Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. You don't need intercontinental ballistic missiles to hit Tel Aviv or Jerusalem. You need them to hit Los Angeles and San Francisco and Sacramento. And then moving into the interior of the United States. To hit Chicago, Illinois, or Indianapolis. Or moving into the south and southwest to hit Houston and Dallas and San Antonio. And then moving right along to hit Atlanta, Georgia. Or Tallahassee. Detroit, Michigan. Philadelphia. Baltimore. Boston. You know, places like that. That's what they're working on. So they can blackmail us and threaten us. These code pink Republicans, I really have no tolerance for them either. I mean, happy to debate them. But they have no plans, no strategies. None. They act like we leave and then everything just stays in that aquarium over there. It doesn't just stay in that aquarium over there. We have our own experience with this. We know it doesn't just stay in that aquarium over there. What happens is Iran topples countries and 
Syria allies itself with Iran, Russia allies itself with all of them, and next thing you know, they have significant control over the Middle East. Well, that'll satisfy them. No, it won't satisfy them. They're never satisfied. You know, like liberals, they're never satisfied. Anyway, we're going to have a gentleman on the program by the name of Richard Kemp. He was a colonel in the British Armed Forces. He fought in Afghanistan. He's been in the Middle East untold number of times. He's a friend of mine. A good friend of mine. Even a closer friend of my stepson, David. But he's extremely sharp. And he's over there now, and he saw what Hamas was doing. Saw what Hamas was doing in the Gaza Strip. He sees what's taking place with Syria. And I just want to tell you this. We should hammer Syria. Hammer them. Now, we don't need to send in troops. We don't even need to send in new forces. We have a force structure there and in the area already. Because let me tell you something, folks. If the use of chemical weapons becomes ubiquitous, becomes ubiquitous, acceptable, uh, we have a big problem. That's why after World War I they were outlawed, outlawed, and then, of course, Hitler and others violated that. Then after World War II they're outlawed. Mr. Producer, don't we have some audio here of the... Yes, we have a montage of Democrats, including Obama and Kerry, 2013 to 2017, that Obama's the big winner. He got chemical weapons out of Syria, and the Russians helped. Cut one, go. President Obama is the big winner here. He is a big, big winner, in my estimation. It turns out we're getting chemical weapons out of Syria without having initiated a strike. So what else are you talking about? We've got chemical weapons. We're getting the chemical weapons out of Syria. Well, uh, Chris, all you have to do is look at the fact that today, the final 8% of chemical weapons uh, were taken out of Syria. We should commend the administration for the result that they got. The removal of chemical weapons out of Syria is a substantial accomplishment. We certainly worked with them in Syria to to bring all the chemical weapons out of Syria. We struck a deal where we got 100% of the chemical weapons out. 100% of the declared chemical weapons out of Syria. We kept chemical weapons or got chemical weapons out of the area. We got, as you know, last year, all the chemical weapons out of Syria. Uh, no small feat. Syria eliminating its chemical weapons and ultimately having them destroyed by the international community. Syria would still have a a declared chemical weapons stockpile. Right now, they don't. Right now, Bashar al-Assad does not have a declared chemical weapons stockpile. We removed that declared chemical weapons stockpile, and we destroyed that declared chemical weapons stockpile, which means that... That's enough. And now we have kooks on TV and everywhere else. How do we know it's Syria? How do we know the Syrians did it? Maybe the rebels did it. So the rebels, this ragtag rebels, they have managed to build an arsenal of chemical weapons, you see. Where did they build them? Where did they put them? Oh, it's so stupid. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Kemp, how are you, sir? I'm very well, sir. How are you? 
Good. What time is it in Israel? It's got to be some... 25 dick. past 3 in the morning. Well, almost coffee time. I'm uh, yeah, nearly. <laughs> sorry, sorry to, to, to bother you like this. I want to start no, with Syria, worry, then, then I want to move back to Hamas if I can. Um, no problem. What do you make of these attacks by Syria, these, these gas attacks, and the possible response by the United States? Um, well, I think um, the, the, the U.S., in my opinion, has little option other than to respond um, with, with a, a, as, as severe a military strike as can be uh, organized, because um, clearly the last attempt by the U.S. to deter Assad from using chemical weapons about a year ago didn't work because he's done it again. And he's done it since. He's done it in the intervening period as well. Now, we have some people in this country saying it's not clear that the Syrians did it. I mean, after all, why would they want to do it? What do you make of that kind of argument? Who else would have well, done it? Yeah, exactly. I think the, the, the reality is that some of the rebel groups have used chemical weapons in the past. I think that the um, that the, certainly the, the assessments I've seen of this weapon, of this chemical attack, um, suggests that it, it's a, 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 a sufficiently um, militarized version of weaponized version of chemicals um, that only really the government possesses. And in addition to that, it's only the government that has the ability to fire into this area. The entire area is isolated from the, the rest of the country, and the rebels wouldn't have the opportunity really to uh, to carry out this attack. So I think it pretty much has to be President Assad. And uh, what kind of an attack? I mean, uh, you know, we sent 59 missiles in last time. It's obviously going to have to be bigger than that, isn't it? Well, I think so. I think, I think, um, you know, as, as I said, I think the, um, the, 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 you know, the, the, the fact that since last time, uh, Assad has used chemical weapons again, and he's now used it again, and now this is perhaps a more serious attack than we've seen before. It suggests that he really doesn't care what America thinks. And I think also he has been sort of counting on the fact that Russia uh, will have threatened America not to carry out uh, a retaliation for this. Um, so I think it's it's really extremely important that a severe attack takes place. Now, I can't spell out to you what that, how, what the severity of that attack should be, but I'm, I've no doubt whatsoever that the Pentagon's planners will have come up with a range of options for the president, uh, which will include a series of targets, and that, 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 that may not restrict itself to Assad's chemical weapons capability alone. It could, for, for example, range across a number of air bases. But one of the difficulties, clearly, is that um, the U.S. and its allies will not want to hit Russian forces if they don't. All right, hold on, Colonel. We're going to come right back with you. I apologize. I have a hard break. We'll be break. We'll be right back. Mike Within the Thunder on the Right. Call in now. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Colonel Richard Kemp, you were, uh, well, you were speculating on the sorts of things the United States uh, might do. Obviously, there's limits to what we can do, but we can do more than we did last time, which I think is your point, correct? That's right. And I think, you know, what we have to do also is contrast President Trump's uh, reaction to this with President Obama's lack of reaction previously when 
chemical weapons were used by President Assad. And, of course, he had his red line, which he then failed to enforce. And uh, the world was watching that. It's not, th these things, of course, with a country like America, have massive consequences. The world was watching, and the consequence of it was that the, we then saw extensive Russian ag aggression against Ukraine. We saw the Russian intervention in Syria, and we saw... Uh, Iran pushing and taking advantage of U.S. weakness to establish this horrific um, nuclear deal, which of course paved the way for for Iranian uh, nuclear arm, nuclear weapons. And so, you know, we've seen we we can see the consequences if a U.S. president in these sort of circumstances doesn't act decisively. And yet, when I was uh, watching him around the table, there watching the people around the table a few hours ago and who the president was with there was john bolton on his left and uh, i felt pretty good about that don't you yeah i know john bolton extremely well he's a brilliant man a very very clever man uh, uh, somebody who understands of course global politics uh, and particularly the middle east and i'm very very confident that he will advise the president to do the right thing he's a, he's also a man who's not afraid he's not one of these people who will counsel the president that you mustn't do anything just in case it offends the Russians. He won't worry too much about that. But of course he will um, not want to unnecessarily antagonize the Russians by taking out their own forces. The um, Apparently, uh, although the Israelis aren't commenting, but eight missiles or so, if you believe reports, were, were shot at, uh, were, were fired at, excuse me, uh, a base in Syria. Three of them got through. Do you know anything else about that? Well, I think um, the, the, the Israelis, as, as usual, um, are not commenting on whether or not they carry out this attack. Um, they don't, r routinely they don't, although occasionally they have done in the past. But I think it's highly likely it was an Israeli attack. And I Israel has carried out a series of strikes, including previously against this same target, the T-4 airbase, um, mainly in their case directed against uh, Iranian or Hezbollah targets, which potentially threaten Israel. Of course, the Iranians are trying to build an arc um, of, uh, of, uh, of military capability which leads from Iran through uh, Iraq, through Syria, and to the Israeli border with which to threaten the state of Israel. And it's absolutely right that Israel should take decisive military action when the opportunity uh, presents itself, when they get intelligence that enables them to target these capabilities which threaten Israelis. And the Russians have made this more complicated, haven't they? The Russian their, their presence Syria. there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the Russian presence in Syria uh, hugely complicates uh, the problem for the state of Israel and for all the rest of us. Now, not only has that led, together with Iranian presence in Syria, has, led, has it led to Bashar al-Assad surviving and, and effectively on the, on the brink of winning this conflict um, but also of course it does quite severely restrain Israel's actions. So Israel and Russia enjoy very good relationships and so far Israel has been able to carry out military operations in Syria uh, without Russian interference. Uh, now that is that's a very good thing but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be confident that that will go on forever. There could come a time when Israel needs to carry out a strike and Russia tries to prevent her from doing so, and that, that could be a, a dangerous situation. In the end, uh, Russia's heavily invested in Syria and even more in, 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 more and more in Iran, aren't they? Yeah, uh, Russia, um, Russia now is pretty much calls the shots in Syria, certainly as far as the international community is concerned. 
Um, and of course, Russia is providing equipment, um, including air defence capabilities, to both Syria and to Iran, uh, and has has various other military and commercial interests with those two countries. So we have to see them really as being a, a sort of triumvirate in many respects. Of course, Russia, Russia and Iranian interests are not directly aligned, um, and and I think that probably helps explain why um, Putin is not. Uh, you know, is not sort of drawing his own red line against Israel carrying out attacks which target Syrian forces in, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon, Iranian forces in Syria. But, that you know, that, so it's not, they're not directly aligned interests, but, they're, mm-hmm. but they are allies and they, you know, Russia certainly will, certainly is at present supporting Iran. Let's go back to a few days ago, and I'm sure this will keep up for a while. Uh, Hamas and other terrorist groups in the uh, Gaza Strip uh, threatening Israel. They had 20,000 marchers there, and of course nothing happens here without Hamas and the terrorist groups uh, involved in it. You were there, correct? I was there on Friday, uh, just gone on the border. I was actually very close to uh, uh, an Israeli community called Nakhalaz, which is close to the border. Um, and overlooks the border, and and I think the proximity, the distance. I was looking up uh, from over my right shoulder. I was looking at Nakhalaz, and um, over my left shoulder, I was looking at, uh, at Hamas attempts to penetrate the border. And it just shows how dangerous this situation is. We've seen Hamas. We've seen Hamas attempt a campaign of suicide bomb attacks against Israel. We've seen Hamas um, attempt ro- rocket attacks to dig attack tunnels, including one that was directed at Nakhalaz, as I mentioned just now. Uh, We've seen even frogman operations by Hamas. They've tried almost everything that they possibly can to get at the Israeli civilian population and murder them. Um, The latest attempt is now to use large numbers of people in what they describe wrongly as a peaceful demonstration, large numbers of people as cover for terrorists to penetrate the border, break through the border and kill Israeli civilians. And yet the media, including American media in some instances, report the Israelis defending themselves as an overreaction. You were there. What did you see? Well, I certainly didn't witness any overreaction. Of course, I wasn't in a position where I could see everything that was going on, and there were about five different locations along the border. But um, I think, you know, we have to remember that every time Israel attempts to defend itself in any way whatsoever, the media then pounce on it, as do the United Nations, the European Union, numerous other evildoers around the world, as I like to, like to think of them in this context, certainly, who cannot bear the idea that Israel can defend itself. Um, and they always, uh, they always over-exaggerate uh, what Israel's done, and they always condemn Israeli actions where they don't condemn the actions in the same way as, as other people. And I, I watched a, um, a media interview with the Prime Minister's spokesman, David Keyes, uh, recently on sky news and and they the, the interviewer and this is this is an example because it's quite common for interviewers talking about this the interviewer demanded to know why as many israelis hadn't been killed in these clashes and injured as as uh, palestinians have been killed absolutely preposterous the idea that anyone would suggest that in for example that as many british troops should be killed as as taliban troops in afghanistan uh, n- nobody would dare ask that question but it seems okay to try and suggest that Israelis should be dying if other people are dying. Why is this? Why the European press, much of the American press, why is it that they, I mean, 
the Israelis could blow that part of the world off the map. The Israelis could take down every building that's in the Gaza Strip. The Israelis can do enormous damage. And yet they're very, very restrained, one of the most restrained military uh, on the face of the earth. And yet why is it that the media is constantly being provocative in their reporting? Well, you're absolutely right, Mark, that um, the, the Israelis could obliterate Gaza in, in total. And instead, what do the Israelis do? The Israelis provide vital, life-supporting aid uh, and assistance to the population in Gaza, even as they're trying to kill their own people. Um, and and the, you know, the, the fact is, and it's not just Gaza, it's everywhere that Israel's engaged, Israel has been subjected to the greatest slur campaign in the history of the world, which has been going on now for decades. Uh, and it's been taken up by Western media. It's been initiated in the Middle East, but it's been taken up by Western media and human rights groups. Um, and, you know, what, what, one thing we should, we should never forget, Israel is not, Israel's not the aggressor here. Israel is defending its people. And, and one, one, of the, one of the great benefits that Hamas have in this is, and their whole strategy is based around uh, trying to force, this is quite incredible actually when you think about it, trying to force Israel to kill their own Palestinian people. So for the first time, as far as I know in history, an army or a so-called army, a terrorist gang, but an army in effect, has, is trying to get its enemy to kill its own people. It's quite extraordinary because, of course, that then invites global condemnation that, uh, that they aim to isolate Israel and vilify Israel uh, and turn Israel effectively into a leper state. Mm-hmm. All right, Colonel, I want to thank you. Unfortunately, we have to go uh, and uh, hope to see you soon. Likewise, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Mark. Always a pleasure. You take care of yourself. That's Colonel Richard Kemp served in the British Armed Forces, I mean a combat veteran, tough as nails, smart as can be, a great friend of the United States, and of course of Israel, freedom, quite frankly, and democracy. And he's there now, uh, and uh, I thought it was very, very important that you hear from him. By the way, he has a Facebook site too, Mr. Producer. Can we link to that? We'll find it. Colonel Richard Kemp will link to his Facebook site, and I hope you folks will go over there and befriend him and follow him and uh, and be very supportive of him. I'm telling you, he's an absolutely extraordinary human being. I very, very much enjoy being with him. You know, falling uh, falling into bed has taken a whole new meaning ever since I started sleeping on my Casper mattress. Their engineers have created an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience. Get one, and you'll understand why it's the Internet's favorite mattress. Casper has created three unique mattresses to help you sleep cool and comfortable year-round. The Wave. The Wave is engineered to relieve pressure at 36 different points. Now, the Casper mattress is more breathable and comfortable than ever. And the Essential mattress is innovation of a great price point, at a great price point. All of them are designed to coddle and comfort your every move. And they all provide the perfect support for every position you sleep in. Folks... Casper started as my sponsor, the first uh, radio sponsor that they had nationwide. And they've taken off for a reason. Because they're terrific. And because I use them and I love them and so does my family. I can't say it any more strongly. Find out what Casper has hundreds of thousands of happy customers like me. 
Try your Casper mattress for 100 nights, over three months in your own home with free shipping and returns. Go to casper.com slash mark and use code mark and you'll save $50 on the purchase of select mattresses. That's casper.com slash mark. Then go in the into the site and go to code mark and you'll save $50. Terms and conditions apply. See the site for details. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I'm a big fan of Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe System is prepared for anything. If a storm takes out your power, Simply Safe has a backup battery. If an intruder cuts your phone line, well, Simply Safe has a cellular connection. And if the intruder destroys your keypad or siren, Simply Safe will still call the authorities and get you the help you need right away. The intruder doesn't stand a chance, you see. And maybe you think, well, that's kind of overkill. That's just too much. But that's what makes Simply Safe Home Security System so great. They know that when it comes to protecting you, your family, your home, there's no such thing as doing too much. And the best part, instead of charging an arm and a leg for their triple safeguard protection, Simply Safe only charges you what's fair. 24 hour, seven professional monitoring is just $14.99 a month. 24-7 professional monitoring, $14.99 a month. And with Simply Safe, there are no long-term contracts or hidden fees either. Check out Simply Safe's home security system today. Go right now to simplysafemark.com. That's simplysafemark.com. That's simplysafemark.com to protect your home and, fa- and uh, family. One more time, simplysafemark.com. They have a brand new cutting-edge system that I just put in place. Yeah. I think it took me 25 or 30 minutes. So if it took me 25 or 30 minutes, it'll take you 20 minutes. <laughs> Trust me. Because I don't really know what I'm doing, and it. I did it. It's quite easy. And it's absolutely superb. I want to encourage you to try it out. Okay, you know what, Mr. Producer? I have not pulled up the call screen for the entire show. The great KSFO Brian in California, go. Yes, Mr. Uh, Mr. Levin. Uh, yes. You mentioned that uh, Mr. Uh, Trump that there's no collusion. Is this nothing? Yes. Uh, yeah. And also, and this uh, Mr. Trump also implies that there's no collusion involved. Yes. But but the fact of the matter is, Levin, is that is that uh, name is Mark or Mr. Levin. Oh, now, go Mark, ahead. Okay, Mark. That these investigations can go on and on, unlike civil matters. So it's really uh, uh, inappropriate or not uh, improper for, for you to conclude Really? That. Really? Really? So why is he chasing everything but collusion? Well, possibly involved collusion. May, uh, Tell me, why, why hasn't Adam Schiff laid out the case for collusion? Why hasn't hard. Mark Warner laid out the case for collusion? Why hasn't the prosecutor laid out the case for collusion? The answer is, sir, it can go on and on and on, but there is no collusion. The only collusion there's ever been with the Russians and before that the Soviets is with your party. Well, state the evidence. Aldra Hiss. Ted Kennedy. Cat got your tongue, pal? Well? Get off the phone, moron. Okay, who's next? Go right ahead. St. Louis, Missouri, Scott. The great KFTK country. Go. Mark, this issue with Trump is not partisan. 
This is not, they don't hate Trump, they fear him. He, he threatens to destroy the whole Washington. Okay, we lost you. I don't care why, whether they hate him or fear him. I just reject these police state tactics regardless. Yeah, but they're, they're in panic mode. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at him to try and Well, win. they certainly are. all they got. And they so certainly are. Keep going, and he needs friends. And that's why it bothers me that all these cowards, they're retiring from Congress yeah. to get away from it instead of fighting, instead of fighting for us, the knuckle draggers, the unwashed, the yeah, I know. the middle America. You know what I mean? They, I, I know what you mean. The Republicans are pathetic. That's why the Democrats run circles around them. So they're scared to death, and they ought to go. As, and as, well, that's great, but where are they going to go? As a matter of fact, often the Republicans lead the fight. And they, they drag him up. Why do you think Lindsey Graham is on TV nonstop? Is he a senator or is he a TV commentator? He's a, why he's why a, do you think they're dragging this goofball Trey Gowdy out there? Because they're protecting the entire enterprise of Washington. And we sent Trump in there to do, a part, to do away with it. it wasn't now, look, look, Trump is not doing away with Washington. Nobody can do away with Washington. They hate Trump because he's challenging them. They hate Trump because he wants to make significant changes. But they hate Trump most of all because he won. But it doesn't matter why they hate Trump. What's going on now is absolutely unacceptable. It just is unacceptable, these these prosecutorial tactics. When, you know, like I said, this Mueller is the John Gotti of prosecutors. Well, they support him because he's there to protect them, all of them. Yep, I agree. the aisle. I agree. Next call real fast, Mr. Producer. While we have 30 seconds, there is no next call. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we will address this further tomorrow as we learn more information. We'll also take a look. By then, maybe Sierra will be whacked by our uh, commander-in-chief. I hope so. We'll see. All you code pink Republicans out there, you know, rethink. Rethink. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you. Take care. Take care.